Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. and welcome. You have tuned in to a very special episode number 200 of Linux in the Hamshack. Thank you all for joining us and uh, if things go the way I think they're going to go, this episode is going to be released unedited, so be prepared for that because I can imagine the chaos that will shortly ensue. But my name is Russ, I'm K5TUX. Sitting across from me we have Cheryl, W5MOO. Hello everyone. And as usual, uh, well, recently usual, from Big Sky Country, Montana, we have Bill, NE4RD. Good evening, everyone. And from way back in the distant past, we have Richard, KB5JBV, founder of this here show. Well, I didn't find nothing. you you just leaving stuff on the ground and stuff. No. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And Richard is going to be flummoxed for the rest of the evening, so keep that in mind. And uh, also from uh, sort of the distant hazy past, we have another Rich, KD0RG. Oh, you know what? We don't have Rich. Where did Rich go? Rich went right. Went, went yeah, away. Rich went, <laughs> went, Rich went AWOL. But when Rich comes back, we'll have Rich. So. <laughs> uh, and uh, with any luck, we will also have Pete at some point during the night. Uh, what was his call sign? V2XPL. Um, who was also a host of this show and said he would be here, but he's not here yet. He's probably got life concerns keeping him out. Uh, we also have a couple of other folks in the chat room who are going to, you know, jump in when they feel like it. And let's see if any of them are still awake. We have Don, KB2YSI. Good evening. All right. We also have Don, KC9ZMY. <laughs> uh, he, I'm here, sorry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I had to find the mute button. Yeah, I knew, oh, I knew you were there somewhere. I thought he dozed off. <laughs> we also have uh, Steve, KD0IJP. Good evening. All right, and Rich is back, KD0RG. Hi, Rich. Well, I, he's he's Maybe here. he's back. Yeah. <laughs> I see his little icon in the chat. I know he's here somewhere. Rich, come back. Apparently the technology has him flummoxed. Yeah, yeah apparently so. He is completely badgered flummoxed right now. So, <laughs> All right, well, Rich will, you'll hear Rich's voice at some point during the evening. But we uh, we did put the Etherpad together for tonight, so we do have a few things to talk about. And like I said, we've got all the hosts here uh, currently, except for Pete, and hopefully he will jump in. Uh, but we'll go run down through the stories, and everybody can sort of jump in. We'll just have a little happy episode 200 free for all here uh and if anybody wants to jump in who's listening to the live broadcast you can connect to the free node chat at uh, hash lhs podcast and i'll publish the uh, hangout link in there so you can connect if you like um but uh i'll go ahead and do the first story and then uh, everybody feel free to like chit chat if you like and uh Segment one is amateur radio topics, and the first topic I put in here is it's the 60th anniversary of Sputnik and the Satellite Revolution. Uh, almost. Uh, this is October 2nd, but on October 4th, 1957, uh, the former Soviet Union launched Sputnik 1, becoming the first artificial satellite to be successfully placed in orbit around the Earth, and launched during the International Geophysical Year, a year dedicated to intense worldwide research on satellites in the atmosphere, Sputnik ushered in the space age. Uh, it translated emitted its signal on 20.005 and 40.002 megahertz and was monitored by amateur radio operators and scientists around the globe. 
Uh, it took 96.2 minutes to complete an orbit and continually transmitted signals back to Earth, providing data on the density of the upper atmosphere and the propagation of radio signals through the ionosphere. Early satellites that followed sent the scientific world into a satellite revolution, opening the door for some of the greatest scientific advancements of our time, including the creation of global positioning systems, manned missions to space, television, global communications, and weather sats. And this actually came from... And spy sats, that's true. Everything that's cool can be weaponized. So, uh, yeah, that came from Weather Nation. So, uh, anybody want to talk about satellites? (laughs) We got to love RS-10. You used to love it before what? It blew up? (laughs) Yeah, before it burned up like that in RS-10. 12 and I, I i hear rs15 is still floating around somewhere and occasionally you can hear it beaconing oh interesting that'd be kind of cool to hear one of those distant signals and if, if you're really interested in satellite uh amsat is an organization you probably want to belong to um most of the people i've talked to from that organization sort of carry a big chip on their shoulders but you know they they do some cool stuff and uh satellite work is pretty satisfying if uh you can you know get it to work for you um a lot of short range, short contacts and, you know, difficult things to uh, deal with, with trajectories and Doppler shifting and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. But, uh, you know, can be rewarding if you, if you want to get into it. So, uh, and Sputnik, uh, was what sort of launched that whole race. And we got another story a little bit later on, uh, about another satellite, uh, that's available for ham radio use. So, um, with that, uh, Bill, you got, uh, some time to read the next one. <laughs> I sure can do that. Okay, in a radio station is a dying art. While people growing up in the last century would have been familiar with using a radio set and tuning in a station, it's not something that has done much in the modern world. For the new generation born in this century, music is streamed via the internet or the interwebs uh, to one of their devices. They have no need for radio sets, and recent statistics confirm a slump in radio set ownership among young people. These days, radio amateurs talking to the general public about tuning in a station may may uh, well <coughs> sorry may well get blank stares. It is quite possible the only radio set young people have ever encountered in their lifetime will be the one embedded as part of the entertainment console in their mother's car, not to be touched. The radio will have already been preset by the car dealer and is unlikely ever to be reset. And that comes to us from uh, Southgate ARC. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting, and that does seem to be. Um, a general trend. I mean, people use cell phones a lot more and they stream everything or get their information digitally via Wi-Fi or whatever. And so the art of actually listening to a broadcast radio signal is kind of being lost. But of course, everybody on this side of the aisle is trying to keep that going, you know, into the future. So hopefully it will. Uh, there's some, there's a great scene in the, the movie contact about, uh, her, uh, listening to, uh, you know, the cosmic background radiation, listening for signals is actually about SETI, not about radio communication, but the same idea. So, um, one of my favorite movies anyway. So Cheryl, you want to read our I'm little, hearing... Oh, what are you hearing? Voices in oh, your I head? I was going to say, I guarantee, <laughs> yes, I guarantee you, if you talk to, if you work a guy on ATF that's anywhere near a Cebo, he'll tell you all about that big antenna. Well, I guess, uh, <laughs> Arecibo took a big hit. Uh, with uh, Maria, was it Maria, right? Yeah. That, that damaged uh, Arecibo. So I don't even know if Arecibo's online right now. No, it is. Maybe they'll be right having now, the so. yard sale. <laughs> if, they have, if they have a garage sale, I'll be there. Right. Anybody need a six hundred meter dish, <laughs> <laughs> or however big Arecibo is? I know it's good size. 
So you that's can a hear everything. <laughs> It'd be fun to tune that up on your uh, Kenwood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> are you back, Rich? I heard. I see you muted there, but I just want to make sure you're you're here. If you are, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> it sounds like he's okay. Here. Well, yeah. we hear Rich. <laughs> Say hi to the people, Rich. KD zero RG. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I hope everybody's having a great night or day or whenever you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's having a good night so far. Everybody uh, get a cocktail in hand or a beer or uh, something? Oh, I hear, uh, here's some rattling ice cubes. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Richard was talking about uh, Wichita earlier, and uh, the, there's a, a replica, not the replica, the backup sputnik uh module is at the cosmosphere in hutchinson kansas which is just north of uh, wichita a ways i know you went there richard no i was looking for smallville <laughs> <laughs> it's right next door <laughs> it's hutchinson's where they have the salt mines too right they're all over kansas. yes yes salt mines and a and a space museum and somewhere out there in kansas there's like the largest ball of string <laughs> that's around Fort you have Scott, a good memory <laughs> that's we'll, north we'll, up there in uh, prairie something uh hawk springs or something like that <laughs> kansas has everything i don't know why anybody lives there anywhere else <laughs> well they also have those huge um tracts of land no <laughs> and big piles of dead buzzards too but yeah no the um the big mining that's what i said the salt mine no, 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 no. The, oh. the equipment. Oh, oh, the big digger thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. outside of like Pittsburgh or whatever. Yeah. I forget what they call it thing, like Big Red or something. Big like Brutus. Big Brutus, Brutus right. The, the scoop shovel thing that's yep. uh, enormous. Yeah. So, yeah, all that stuff in Kansas. Like I said, I'm not sure why everybody lives anywhere else. Um, all right. So, we have a, a story here about another satellite. And, Cheryl, you can handle this one, right? Uh, maybe. You got your font blown up nice and big? Oh, uh, kind of, okay. yeah. <laughs> Stop making fun of me because I'm blind. <laughs> You're the one who said it, not me. <laughs> okay, so our next topic tonight is a flash topic, and it is a Falcon Sat-3 available for amateur use. The Air Force Academy satellite Falcon Sat-3 is now open for amateur use as a digital store and forward system. Built in 2005 and 2006 by cadets and faculty in the Space Systems Research Center at the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, Falcon Sat-3 was launched in 2007. The satellite has completed its scientific and training missions, and the Academy now is making it available for amateur radio use. The packet bulletin board system operates at 9600 baud with a 145.840 uh, MHz uplink, 435.103 MHz downlink. Output power is 1 watt, and the downlink is continuously on. Digipeding is enabled for live QSOs, but unattended, or unattended digipeding operation is not authorized at this time. All right, and that actually came from an ARL bulletin or a W1AW bulletin via the ARRL that I picked up on eHAM. And if you want to learn more about that particular satellite, AMSAT has a link to it, and we have that in our show notes. So a little bit of satellite talk for tonight. That's kind of cool. There's another satellite up there, uh, a bird going around ready for use. I haven't uh, bothered to pop open G-Predict to see what kind of uh, trajectory that satellite is on. Um, Anybody out there know what trajectory that satellite is on? It is very good for the southern half of the U.S. It's a very flat trajectory, unlike a lot of the other birds that are out there. Uh, is it like west to east or what? Uh, yeah, it's it's. You'd have to just look at it. It looks almost exactly west to east. It was meant to get uh, two passes or so per day for the the cadets. So it's um 
very low for us uh, northern people. Uh, still workable, like enough far enough above the horizon to make a pass at it, or do you really have to be like in you know Texas? <laughs> no, I think I think you would be fine. Um, I think it's like under forty up here, which isn't that terrible. Oh, um, that's pretty good. I'm up in uh, New York, so. That's probably good for people that don't have a uh, you know satellite antennas where they can point them you know azimuth you know up and down wise, <clears throat> they can actually just use their beams and just point sort of in the direction. Yeah, fortunately, it's not what 0.5 percent as some of the crazy coast people like to uh, try working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we should probably identify the other voices you might hear tonight, assuming that they can unmute uh, quickly enough. And that one was Don KB2YSI from uh, somewhere in sort of upstate New York, I guess. Uh, very just outside Syracuse. Okay, so it's definitely upstate New York, and we also have uh, another Don KC9ZMY, who is a great benefactor of the show and many other podcasts. Hello there, hi everyone. Oh, cool. <laughs> so if you hear that voice, that's that Don, and we also have uh, Steve Saner KD0IJP, who among other things does the ham radio roundtable or amateur radio roundtable i believe it's called over on the hacker public radio network oh and we have dogs too yeah, that's me and i'm from um <clears throat> wichita kansas so you can just kind of calm down everybody <laughs> hey richard was just in your neck of the woods he said he was up there in wichita maybe you could have shown him how to get back without going you know uh, an hour out of his way to avoid the toll road yeah, and, and I think his problem there at IHOP was probably the fact that it was South Wichita, but, you know, we'll leave that alone. Yeah, we always blame it on it being the south part of town. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in our side of the tracks. In our neck of the woods, it's the north side of town you got to avoid, so. And I'll tell you right now, I had to, uh, unlike uh, uh, what my brother-in-law's daughter was telling us, I had to pay the toll to get out of Kansas. They always do and that. I was ready. <laughs> don't, don't you know that's how they always do it? They always let you go into a place for free, but you got to pay to get out. I remember that distinctly from when I drove up to Prince Edward Island. It's like uh, before they built the bridge um, across the Sound, you had to take a ferry. Now, the ferry going from Newfoundland, uh, not Newfoundland, um, New Brunswick over to Prince Edward Island was free, and it cost you like $38 to come back. <laughs> so <laughs> one way yeah <laughs> yeah you know, i mean that's a smart way to do it really so if, yeah, you if you're no looking choice. for revenue anyway yeah of course now they have the, the bridge you don't have to take the that's true but you still have to pay like you 17 to bucks the... to go over the bridge so yeah 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 all right so moving on from our amateur radio topics for tonight let's talk about some open source and uh i got this story um not that long ago uh, just before the show thought it was kind of interesting. So uh, the title I put on here is LTS Distributions for Stability and Security. Not necessarily. Uh, it was interesting. A new uh, security bulletin came out, CVE 2017-1000253, if anyone's counting. Um, a local privilege escalation Linux kernel bug uh, that was rampant in 2015. Uh, it could give an ordinary user super user privileges, and it's potentially very dangerous. It was uncovered in 2015 and patched in April of that year. Uh, but since the, it was patched over two years ago, you might be wondering, why does this even matter to us now? Uh, the problem is that the bug lives on in distributions that have long-term support releases. Um, these specifically include CentOS 7, uh, before Rev 1708, Red Hat Enterprise Linux, before 7.4, 
all versions of CentOS 6 and Red Hat Enterprise Linux 6, uh, and presumably like Scientific Linux and any other distributions that are based on those kernels, and also Debian-based Linux distributions that have LTS releases. So um, if you're using servers that run LTSs, you definitely need to be looking at this. And also, if you're running a desktop that's running an LTS, uh, you should definitely check that out as well. Uh, the story came from ZDNet, and I just thought it was kind of interesting because usually you refer to an LTS release as being you know, secure and stable and supported for a long time and all of that. And there can be actual problems uh, with keeping technology around for an extended period of time. So, you know, just keep that in mind when you're using your computer on the interwebs. So uh, speaking of uh, LTSs, uh, Bill threw something in here about LTSs as well. Yeah, Linux <clears throat> Linux to get extended LTS releases, kernel support for six years. This six-year uh, Linux LTS kernel plan was announced yesterday. Uh, this would be just a couple days ago. At Lenaro Connect, Greg KH will still be managing the Linux LTS releases, but beginning with the current Linux 4.4 LTS cycle will be extended for six years. Meanwhile... The Linux 4.14 is the next LTS release, and I believe that's due this year as well. Uh, it's currently being worked on and would be then supported until 2023. This should better cover the device lifecycle for Android phones and other devices that otherwise would, would, within a year or two of their availability, end up running on an out-of-date kernel. And this story comes to us from Foronix. 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 <clears throat> yeah, and I was looking at my kernel. I'm running... 4.10 on uh, on uh, what is it uh, Ubuntu 17.04. We'll I've, probably update to 17.10 soon. Yeah, I've poked around on my machines looking at kernel revs, and I've got everything from 3.16 to 4.12 or something like that. Some <laughs> stupid range of uh, kernels on my on my various machines based on whatever distribution I'm running. So. I actually upgraded my my main workstation the other day, and it's running uh, Debian stable, and I think it's only like using four four or something like that. So uh, I don't know; it's all over the place. But yeah, you just have to be careful. You have to keep up with uh, patches and updates as they come out, because most distributions will also patch things independent of uh, revisions. So maybe something 4.4 is vulnerable to some attack, and then you're supposed to upgrade to like 4.6, but then the distribution itself fixes 4.4, so it's not vulnerable and stuff like that. You just have to keep abreast of these kind of things. Um, and it's, you know, basically if you've got a computer that's touching a network somewhere, uh, just be aware of security concerns. Lots of mailing lists out there, like um, CERN and the CVE uh, database and, uh, you know, the uh, distributions all release uh, patch data and stuff like that. So if you're using something, just uh, know it requires a little bit of maintenance and, and keep a little bit of focus. You'll be okay. Well, we seem sure. to be uh, pretty uh, security heavy tonight, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a good topic. So I put in here a discussion topic about uh, Let's Encrypt because um, we have a bunch of people here who can talk about stuff. And, uh, you know, you put a few minds together and they're usually better than one. So, um, let's encrypt is something I found out about, oh, six months ago. Um, because at work, I'm always trying to figure out how to efficiently and cost effectively provide SSL certificates for all the sites we maintain and stuff like that. And, uh, let's encrypt is a fantastic way to do this. Um, there used to be other ways to do it. There was like, uh, 
Start SSL, which has had their own problems with certificate signing um, in recent months. Um, there are places like Cheap SSLs, um, and Instant SSL, Komodo, things like that. And all of those charge, you know, a nominal amount to get your security certificates for your website. Some, you know, hosting providers will allow you to bundle uh, SSL certificates with your plan and things like that. But Let's Encrypt is a way to manage SSL certificates for your websites and for other things uh, completely free of charge. And what it does is it actually automates the uh, updating of your certs. And the reason it does that is because it limits certs to, I believe it's three months, um, whereas a lot, whereas other uh, signers will do a year or two years or even longer. And the reason it does that is because um, it doesn't want your site to sort of be out of pocket and out of your control. The way to verify you is that you have to actually provide some sort of credential on your website and put it in a place on your web server that only you know about or only that you have access to, and that's how it verifies that you have control of that website. It's a very useful tool, and they've put out uh, Python-based scripts that actually automate the generating of certificates and updating of certificates and everything. And if you do their procedures correctly, then it will just continually update your certificate every 90 days, and you will have free SSL certificates forever and ever and ever. Uh, and I saw that in January of 2018, they're actually going to be supporting wildcard search. So that's even cooler. And all yeah, of this is done for free. Easier. Yeah. Uh, all of this done for free. So, uh, you don't, you're not beholden to companies like Thought or, uh, Komodo or, or any of those others, um, which actually charge a fee every time you want to, you know, update your certificate. And that can be as often as yearly. So, yeah. like I use, uh, Let's Encrypt on all my sites and it gets updated every 60 days. So, it works pretty well. Yeah, and I think this is a great tool, and everybody can use it, and especially for Linux systems, but of course it's cross-platform. You can use it on anything like IIS or whatever that uh, provides SSL security uh, to a WebSocket. But, um, you know, it's a handy tool, and you should use Let's Encrypt, and their documentation is actually very good. And if you have a Linux system, it allows you to basically run a cron job to update your your certs as necessary. And... Uh, you know, it also gives you the option of um, letting your server be the one that you normally use, like your Apache or your Nginx or whatever. Or it can actually spin up a dummy server to just respond to requests from Let's Encrypt um, to verify your identity. And, um, you know, it also makes the connections inbound from a randomized pool of servers. So you can't uh, be affected by attacks from, uh, you know... Uh, like man in the middle type things that tries to mitigate that. So it's kind of a cool thing. I just wondered if anybody had thoughts on, uh, you know, SSL security uh, or web security or anything like that. And if they've uh, used let's encrypt or if they use something else um, and what kind of wanted to talk about that and we'll see where we kind of go with it. We, uh, as a educational institution, we get to use, um, well, you can buy into uh, the in common uh, solution. So you get unlimited, uh, certificates for a fixed price otherwise we probably would have gone with uh, let's encrypt but it is good, great for the small people you know small sites or small installs where you just want to set something up and just have a valid ssl cert it's fantastic yeah educational 
you know, institutions tend to be kind of a whole different animal because they all do different things in different ways. And um, a lot of them are beholden to certain technologies or certain companies because of the way they do things. They've, uh, they've bought into certain technologies and, you know, they kind of have to go away and departments are structured around the way things kind of work. So you don't always have uh, the flexibility or freedom to do what you want to do in an educational environment, um, which I kind of understand from one perspective and in another, I don't really. Uh, but yeah, that's some good insight. Anybody else? I've definitely used uh, Let's Encrypt for some uh, personal projects. At work, we haven't yet, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if we do at some point. So what do you? What does your work do now as far as that kind of security? Um, we're an open SRS uh, reseller, so for domain registrations as well as uh, SSL certificates, we use that currently. Do you know uh, about what that runs, you know, cost-wise for, uh, yeah, I don't know if you have to do it across uh, all your certs or individually or whatever? Um, boy, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's in the, oh, I want to say 30 to $40 range for a cert, something like that for a year. Is that wild card or individual? That's an individual one. A wild card is, is several times that. I think, oh, I think if you want to, once you get past about five certs or something, then wildcard becomes more efficient or something like that. All right. So that's actually a fairly pricey solution because even some of the other ones that I mentioned aren't even close to that expensive. So, uh, all right. That's interesting. Anybody else? Uh, uh, silence. silence. <laughs> like I said, I use it for all my personal projects. And uh, I use DreamHost for my hosting provider for most of my personal stuff. And they added that in quite a while ago and uh, it's it's like an instant click solution just add your site say yeah i want ssl on it and all of a sudden you know boom you you get a you get your let's encrypt uh, certificates on and they're automatically uh, renewed every 60 days all right yeah i've i've used it too for a couple of sites that i hosted DigitalOcean, and mainly just one to get an ssl cert on there but also the fact that uh, Google will push down non-SSL sites in the search now. So if you get a cert on there, at least it'll be a little farther up on the search list. Yeah, it's pretty good. And I noticed that a lot of sites are going to, uh, you know, SSL security, even if there's nothing on the site that actually needs it. You know, if you're not logging in or providing, you know, uh, personal data or anything like that. They'll just automatically be secure. And if you go to a non-secure version of the site, it will simply forward you to the secure one. And uh, I assume that that kind of, um, you know, uh, search engine, uh, you know, uh, what's the thing they call it? Search engine, SE, whatever, <laughs> SEO optimization uh, is pushing for uh, SSL security. So uh, that's an interesting insight as well. And I never thought about that. Um, but most of my sites are run secure anyway. And with Let's Encrypt, it's so much easier to do that. You just set it up once, set up the cron job, and boom, and everything's ready to go. So, And, of course, it doesn't cost anything, and we're all big about that. So if you're not using Let's Encrypt and your company or you personally have some flexibility in what you do as far as um, web hosting, you might want to seriously consider it. So, And there's a, there's a good community about it as well. All right, very good. That, that went as well as I had hoped. So let's move on to segment three, Linux in the ham shack. And Bill, as always, is going to talk about his ham shack, which is kind of what we do. So that's fine. I, I didn't mean to make that sound like. Oh, yeah, God. sure. <laughs> I'm, All right. like, I'm like dealing with Slack in the other computer here. <laughs> oh, come on. It's too late for work. Tell them to go away. 
I know. That's what I said. I said, my box is upstairs. I, I didn't bring the work computer down here because I didn't want to bother with it, but I do have Slack installed on the on my spare box down here. We should talk uh, about anyway. Slack sometime because I use Mattermost and really like it. Yeah, yeah. I, they're basically the same. Right, they give basically. the same functionalities and everything else, but one's yeah, free, one's, one's not. free is one not. Yep, that's right. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, so I'm talking about my shack box build. So I know I've been talking about this for yeah, probably the past couple episodes, and I finally got the the box in here, uh, the last episode, and and I, I finally got everything where I want it. I uh, I have an old uh, Precision uh, uh, Dell laptop uh, on a docking station, and I was having problems with various distributions and the uh, discrete graphics in there. You know, the good old AMD chipset that kicks in when you uh, plug in monitors to it. So. I uh, I have the Ubuntu Budgie installed and it's running fine. It goes to sleep fine. The or the the monitors go to sleep fine. They come back out fine. So I'm I'm pretty happy with the build. But uh, now I'm going to get ready to set up all the the Linux software for Ham Radio, like CQR Log, WSJTX, FL Digi, and I'm also going to connect two rigs to it with Cat Control. So what I'm planning on doing is doing a a short uh, YouTube series on doing all of that you know, going through the steps of adding the software, getting it all running, and then configuring it for having two radios and uh, showing how to get CQR log with the remote support for WSJTX so that it automatically logs in your uh, logger and uh, remote support for FL Digi, and then also connecting it up to external services like Logbook of the World and stuff. So kind of getting back to basics and going over what we always talk about here on the show and just trying to Put it down in a in a format that's easily consumable by uh, by everyone. So I, I plan on starting the the very first one probably uh, next week on Monday, and then I'm gonna try to ramp them up and ramp them out as fast as possible. So hopefully I can get everything up and running on my sh- computer here uh, before the end of October. So <laughs> I've kind of been uh, I finally got the power supply plugged back in here. I got one rig on and running. Um, but I don't have any software hooked up in the computer yet. So <laughs> I'd like to get back on FT8 and, and, uh, and, and get that going again. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's my, uh, plans, uh, for like the next month. And, uh, hopefully, uh, people will be interested in that and they'll, they'll take a look at that. Well, I know for one that I'd be interested in looking at it and maybe when I'm going <clears> to, <throat> uh, put a YouTube video out using OBS, which is a wonderful piece of software, um, to uh, document my uh, trials and tribulations with learning Jack because it's about time that uh, I understood the technology. It's only been around forever and ever and ever. And, uh, you know, it's, you and me both. Yeah, it's about time I got off this Mac machine and, and got myself a nice little uh, thin, uh, ultra small form factor box that I could put here in my recording studio and actually record this whole thing using Linux instead of, instead of this aging Macintosh. So, uh, maybe I'll do that, but I'm, I'm not as, uh, organized. I don't have a plan quite like you have, but I'm looking forward to the videos. It sounds like it could be interesting. So cool. You'd have to take uh, a picture of your, your little, uh, uh, Dell with its docking station. What, what, uh, Dell did you say it was? It is the 4,600, I think. Latitude? Uh, no, no, it's the, uh, precision. Oh, it's a precision. So that's kind of like a real computer. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a Core i7 2860. Um, the the early, you know, the one that actually had four cores instead of uh, you know, the the dual cores that we get nowadays. So it's a it's a hefty box. It's got 32 gigs of RAM, and it's got the uh, AMD graphics chipset in it. I think it's the 9700 or something like that. So it's a little old, you know, running uh, you know, twin dual headed monitors. So uh, so yeah, it's a pretty 
pretty common use case, I think, that most people would want in their shack, you know, having the two monitors so they can spread everything across and stuff. But I'll probably just record one screen so it looks pretty on the video. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. it'd be too wide and too ugly to to read text and stuff like that. Right. Now, uh, Richard is talking smack about me in the chat room, and he's actually here in the chat. So he, he you could be talking smack about me, you know, not in text. Yeah. I have a Mac too. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, he says I don't know Jack and that I'm an Apple fanboy, but he could say it to my face. Yeah, I, I say it all the time, don't I? Well, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the. I'm talking about the guy who's never here. <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> that guy. No, no, he doesn't even want to talk to us anymore. Is he still? In the, is he still in the hangout? Oh yeah, he's still there. He's muted though. <laughs> He must be yelling well, talk, at a dog. Talk or about something. your Mac software that you have listed here next. Yeah, I'm I know. Sorry. I I threw this in here because I I wanted to be you know equal opportunity. Um, and we talked a little bit about I think on the last episode about you know using Mac OS in the Ham Shack and how it's not really an option as much as Linux or even Windows would be because you know a lot of the software doesn't really exist and it's uh, only useful sometimes if it's a cross-platform application that you could use on another uh operating system anyway um but then i came across this um which mentioned a logger that's specifically written for mac os it's called mac logger dx and a new version of it 6.14 has come out and uh, it talks about what it is and it's uh you know it's what it is. It's a logging application. It can be used for lots of different things, and it actually has a lot of features. They've updated it for compatibility with the latest version of Mac OS, which is called High Sierra 10.13. Um, it includes uh, start date checking for VUCC, XML United States address geocoding data, uh, TQSL support on case-sensitive file systems, and a lot of other fixes and things like that, including uh, support for extra radios and whatnot. Uh, it has uh, integration with DX clusters, with TQSL, with uh, ADIF data, and uh, all that kind of stuff. So it has all the things that you're familiar with. Um, it can also do some things which are kind of cool, which is take data from a DX cluster and interface with you, which is it will send you information uh, about things like rare DX contacts or spots that you're looking for or satellite passes that match up with your ability to make contacts on them and things like that. And it logs to a SQL database. So it, it does a lot of cool things. Um, it even has the ability to notify you by text or email um, for rare DX spots or satellite uh, opportunities and things like that. So, you know, it's not a bad piece of software. Uh, other pieces of software for other operating systems can do this thing as well. And, uh, you know, after I went through and looked at the software, I actually downloaded it on machine and I even upgraded my, my old work Macintosh, uh, that's sitting here next to me to, uh, 10.11 just so I could test it. And it actually works fine. Uh, and then I saw that it was a download, you know, for free, but of course the download is only a trial. So then I went and said, well, okay, it's a trial download. How much does this software actually cost? And uh, it's a hundred bucks. So there you go. This is uh, basically a an advertisement for why you don't need to use macOS in the shack. So, <laughs> well, they do have Rum Log, which is a free. Uh, no, free there log. there are free alternatives for all the stuff too. But <laughs> it just, probably doesn't run in High Sierra yet because, like most things, anytime you update to the latest macOS, it breaks everything that's not in the Apple Store. So. But actually, Rumlog is in the Apple Store, so maybe they do have a version that that runs on High Sierra. I haven't tried yet. 
I haven't upgraded yet. I've been running Rumlog for a while, and yeah. it works. It's program, yeah, it's, it's it's a fine logger. You do. Uh, it's got integration with, uh, you know, WSJT. It's, there's a little interface JT bridge that will work like what is it? JT Alert on Windows. Yeah, yeah JTX Alert. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that is cool. Do you do anything else? I mean, do you run your entire shack with Mac or just that bit of it or what? No, I run the whole thing with the Mac. I run uh, FL Digi and uh, uh, all the uh, WX tools. That all seems to work. Um, I fought and tried to get uh, uh, CQR log running, and I always end up kind of wimping out one of those things. Uh, I'm getting too old to mess with this stuff, and I do it all day at work. I don't want to do it <laughs> at home. But <laughs> So I, I kind of chicken out, but uh, it, it's a workable solution. It works. It supports a ton of radios, too, because I've used it with my uh, KX3 and my 7300. No problem. Right. But as I said uh, just a second ago, all of those applications that you mentioned are actually cross-platform applications and usually written for an operating system other than macOS. They just yes. happen to work on macOS. Um, the ones that, the ones like Rumlog and, and MacLogger DX and stuff that are actually native to macOS tend to be, you know, uh, pay, not open source, and, um, you know, not as not as prevalent or available uh, as some of the other stuff. So right. guilty as charged. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Yeah. Not, not accusatory. I'm just saying. No, no, no. And I, I, you know, I, I keep going. I feel like a traitor sometimes. I should, be, I should I, be running all open source. And I, you know, like I say, I get home, I want to play radio. I don't want to fight computers. Yep. I feel the same way actually, which is, and the, you know, I didn't want to deal with having to learn Jack. So it was my shortcoming, my intellectual shortcoming and my lack of desire to learn a technology that has forced me into using a Mac for, for the purpose I use it. But I'm, I'm going to get yeah. myself over that. So I, I, I think I need to make an effort. <laughs> <laughs> yep. As do I. So, all right. Very good. Uh, we got one more uh, flash topic to talk about uh, before we move on. And that's something I found earlier today, which was a project that turned an old uh, 50s-style Morse code straight key into a USB 3.0 compatible keyboard. And, um, you know, this is obviously not one of those practical solutions for a problem, uh, but it seemed like a really kind of cool thing you could do. It's based on an open-source uh, code. It's, based, it's written in C++ for Arduino. Uh, it uses a project called Teensy, um, which is uh, basically small uh, Arduino boards, and it literally interfaces with a small PCB uh, connected to uh, a straight key with a couple of uh, soldered connections, and uh, you know it gives you the whole. It's kind of like an e how it gives you the whole um, thing on how you build it, uh, and gives you the code to actually make it work. Uh, and what it does is it takes the uh, the Morse code signals from your key sends them through a USB interface into your computer, and it comes out on the other end as actual text, not uh, Morse code, obviously. So <laughs> very nice. So um, I thought this was kind of cool, and if you had like some time on your hands and you wanted to, to try this out and actually type in Morse code on your computer, and of course, since it's a USB interface, it will, con it will uh, come up as a keyboard device uh, on any thing that requires uh you know hid um so you could use it on anything 
um, that has a USB port. Uh, it might be kind of fun to uh, take to your next radio meeting or whatever. And if you uh, just happen to be somebody who likes open software, open hardware, and kit building, um, you could probably have this knocked out in 30 minutes or less. So, uh, And without too much cost involved, because I think a teensy runs about yeah, 30 bucks or something. So, And uh, I'm willing to bet that most people listening to the show have a, a keyer of some kind lying around uh, that you can interface. So an uh, interesting project, the link to... Uh, the how-to will be in the show notes and, of course, the link to the software and uh, actually a YouTube video of the thing in action uh, will be in the show notes as well. So, I don't know. Sounds like an easy project if you just want to kind of diddle around with something. Yeah, it's almost like, uh, you know, sending uh, sending PSK31 or something like that with the uh, keyer on an Elecraft rig. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah, actually yeah. be in, like, the IRC chat with us using a Morse code keyer instead of your, your keyboard. If you wanted to, if you wanted to get some uh, geek cred, <laughs> you could do that. You could say, I'm in the chat room using Morse code. You guys are losers. <laughs> <Or something. laughs> All right. So we haven't heard from uh, folks from a while. We heard from Don and we heard from the other Don and we heard from Steve, but rich, where are you? Are you still here? I know. I know he was kind of uh, having some problems there before. I'm, <laughs> I'm here. I was going to do Morse code in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, you can do Morse code here, and then the rest of us can try to figure out what you're saying. <laughs> be funner in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> do you have one of these? Have you already built this project? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no. No, I have not. No. You you haven't given us any funny voices or stories or singing or anything like that. I You know, that was... I. I tried earlier. I was going to do Joda to the tune of Lola. Actually, <laughs> I wrote a song, uh, Soda, um, you know, S-O-T-A, Soda. <laughs> well, I'm not the world's most athletic guy, but I climbed up that hill even though it was high. I did it for Soda. <laughs> Rich was only on the show for, what was it, eight episodes? But they were damn fine episodes. Yeah, they, they kept us entertained, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we thought you'd fallen off the face of the earth, actually. But um, what we're going to do now is uh, I'm going to I'm gonna run through a musical selection since we're down to the end of our topics. And then when we come back from the musical selection, we're just going to have a little roundtable discussion with the folks here in the Hangout. And we'll just talk about whatever we want to talk about. We can find out what's been going on with Rich and Richard. Um, and I guess we're just not going to have Pete tonight. We'll have to give him crap about that. Yeah, he still has an answer, right? Yeah, so he probably got hung up with life or, or something like that. But, uh, yeah, we'll have a little bit of a, a general discussion here, and, of course, we'll check in with the chat room and see what's going on there. So you still have time, um, you know, to get in here, to get into the chat or get into the Hangout. I'll publish the link in the Hangout uh, or link to the Hangout in the chat room here again in a second. Uh, but in the meantime... Let's go ahead and uh, do a little round of music. Uh, this is a song I found on Jamendo. It's called Let's Get Out by a group called The Moose uh, from <laughs> from an album called Scandinavian Sound. Uh, the group is from Sweden. Uh, it runs 3 minutes and 14 seconds. It came out in January of this year, and a link to the actual track will be in the show notes. Uh, again, this one comes from Jamendo, so... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, if everybody wants to mute their uh, hangouts, that would be great. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and press the play button here, and then uh, we'll 
talk about, like, I don't know, whatever we want to talk about in about three and a half minutes. You caught my eye like the brightest light, a twister in my mind. It's something new, it's something real that I never thought I'd find. It's like beauty's written across your face, all the beating of my heart. And it feels like everything's in place, like I found my missing part. Say the word, I'll be there for as long as we stay. I saw Bill in the chat room say that was a little too sappy, but the the, the point is that's actually <laughs> kind of deliberate um, because uh, as anybody who will know listening to this in the future, October 2nd, 2017 has not been a good day. Um, so, you know, I kind of wanted to uh, have a little bright pop in there <laughs> to kind of keep the mood a little bit on the lighter poppy. side. Yes, it was definitely very poppy. <laughs> and come on, there are worse songs. There, there could be. <laughs> what do you mean there could be? <laughs> you I, seem to find them. <laughs> well, Rich wants and us we to got play a new some. Person in the, yeah, I saw that. Rich wants us to play some guar. I guess I could play some of that. 
<laughs> that's sort of the opposite of sappy. Um, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, we that that's the music. Uh, let's get out by the moose from Scandinavian Sound from back in January of this year. Anyway, take it or leave it for what you will. Um, again, October second, twenty seventeen is going to be remembered by a lot of people for a long time uh, for some not very good reasons. So um, hopefully episode 200 of Linux in the Hamshack will be, uh, you know, a little bright spot in an otherwise pretty dark day. Uh, but anyway, uh, I just wanted to mention as we move into uh, the announcements and feedback and roundtable section of the show that uh, we will be on hiatus for the next three months. Um, but that doesn't mean we're going completely away. Bill has announced that he's going to be doing uh, some YouTube videos on uh, his shack build which will be interesting. Uh, Rich is going to do some work with BSD. He's going to do a sort of uh, mini podcast on BSD and the ham shack. Do you want to uh, talk a little bit about that, Rich? Uh, just exactly what you said. I'm not a BSD user. I, I've i never installed it on anything, but I thought, wow, what fun would that be? BSD and the ham shack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's either going to be great or it's going to fail miserably. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, and I'm going to try to get the rig control working and hook up radios and and we'll <laughs> we'll see how far it gets. Uh, so I'm 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 not sure which one I'm going to install. That's how I'm going to start. So in a couple of weeks, I'll I'll be deciding which one that I want to uh, to try to use. So I'm doing my research right now. Bill, do you have any suggestions? Uh, you know, I I tried Pure OS, Mac and, OS. Uh, Oh, yeah, Mac OS. Yeah, it's, it's the real BSD. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Pure, Pure OS worked uh, pretty well. It was a bit ugly. Uh, that would be a good one to start with because that one has just about everything. Uh, a, a fairly popular one is Dragonfly BSD. Uh, a lot of people seem to be interested in that project. I've installed that a few times over the years just to take a look at its progression in the BSD stack. Um, but yeah, that, that's that'd be my two. That I'd probably say that 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 would be my go-to BSD distros. I've tried PC BSD. It worked. Yeah, that's pure OS now. That's pure yeah. OS. Okay, okay. I got a Sun 380 sitting in the back here. If you want, <laughs> <laughs> and you can run real BSD. Yeah, you can run Open <laughs> Indiana. You can run Solaris. Now. Just go back to the real Solaris. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. Yes, yeah, Sun OS 3.2. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> that was my first OS. <laughs> so uh, before the CDE we... and everything. All right, so so I, and I think you, if you're going to do BSD in the Hamshack, you're going to have to address macOS because, as we all know, macOS is you know Apple's um, sort of uh, bastardized BSD with Aqua. So um, you know, presumably, if you get this stuff to work, it should run on macOS. I'll take your word for it. I, I have no Macs, <laughs> no Macs in the house, so I just uh, y- you know we're 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 strange. I, we never use Windows. We're we're all Linux here. I think I think Brady, my son, might use a BSD for something. I don't think he does. No, he he doesn't. Anyway, I it, it's uh it, it's just that other thing over there that that uh, I don't know. I've always been interested in it, and I thought, well, there's an opportunity to to try it out. Yeah, we've had listeners in the past kind of talk about BSD and how they use it and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's really cool that you want to step up and uh, attempt a, a full-blown uh, shack box. 
I, I'm definitely interested for sure. I'm, I'm curious to see how this project goes. So <laughs> I want to see how far you get. Well, well you guys are, are way more technical uh, as you know, I don't do this in real life. <laughs> I, only, I only pretend at home. So it's, you know, it's, I think it's just a little different perspective uh, for, for some people. All right. Yeah. And it actually is because, I mean, we primarily focus on Linux basically because that's the title of the show. Uh, we try and spin off into other things, you know, as they are at least tangentially relevant. But, uh, you know, we, we don't always touch on things in, in any kind of real depth. And uh, a, a deeper look at BSD would actually be uh, kind of nice. I, I run a couple of BSD boxes, as I've mentioned on the show before. I run OpenBSD uh, in a couple of machines and I run NetBSD on one. Um, that's basically to support one very paranoid developer. Uh, but, uh, you know, so, so I do have some experience with BSD and I, I know there are, there are reasons to run it. Um, and, I, and we have never really addressed it as a way to, uh, use it as a desktop, you know, machine for ham radio access, but it might be something we should explore further. And I hope your, you know, little introduction to it might, uh, spawn, uh, further investigation. Well, I hope so too. Uh, we'll, we'll see. So much of it is, uh, uh, you know, pounding that square peg into the round hole. <laughs> it seems like with a with a lot of that stuff, or trying to get things to work, or you know, I was looking at the ports and stuff and going, "Oh my gosh, what am I what am I doing here?" But it'll it'll be fun. Yeah, and actually, speaking of ports, has anybody else had the thing come up recently where you know how? Um, when you install a Linux machine, uh, particularly Debian, you know, which is what I use, or or whatever other flavor that you're used to, um, the the ports, the network ports, come up as, for example, ETH zero or ETH one. Um, well, in the last install that I did, um, which was Debian nine, I believe, they came up with something like ENG two PS one or something like that, and then their yeah. their map they've changed, changed them now. Yeah. And then they're <laughs> mapped to ETH zero and ETH one. Um, yeah, so, like mine's W or EN zero one, and then the wireless is now WLP three S zero instead of you know WLAN and ETH. Yeah, so so stuff is changing all the time, and and that was like the thing I talked about a couple of episodes back, where I was trying to get Synergy to work, and all of a sudden realized that they slipped Wayland in under the radar, and everyone's using that X server, and you know there's no hint that it's even in there until you try and use something that doesn't work with it. So, um, you know, for the longest time, we heard that Wayland was kind of a dead project or it was stalled or it was never going to be introduced or blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, I installed Debian 9, and it's it's there. <laughs> so, yeah, stuff's happening all the time. It's, isn't the EN0 stuff, isn't that uh, the System D? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's basically yeah. where all the System D stuff kind of injected itself. And that's another thing. It's like silently everything's kind of migrated over to System D, you know, after much wailing and gnashing of teeth. But, uh, you know, it actually works pretty well um, now that they've kind of got some of the kinks out of it. Uh, so, yeah, all this technology is, is expanding, and we should probably focus some of our efforts on letting people know that these things are changing. Uh, but that's obviously uh, for another episode. So I guess they should probably, while we have a second here, address the elephant in the room, and its name is David. Hi, David. <laughs> Unmute your mic, Dave. I've got to unmute the mic as well. There it is. There. Okay. We How are, are we? <laughs> we're excellent. How are you? Hey, very good. Thank you. All right. So, uh, do you have a call sign, David? I do. I'm VK3JDC. Excellent. VK3JDC. And from what part of uh, 
the uh, New Zealand Austro Australia complex are you from? <laughs> uh, your memory slipping. Uh, I'm from uh, Australia and uh, the state of Victoria. Victoria, Australia. What should I know that? <laughs> no, but you talked about VK earlier. That's all. Uh, yeah, I did. Well, um, Victor Kilo is from somewhere down there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well welcome that's a long way away. yeah yeah so uh let's see nine forty eight p.m my time i'm trying to figure out what that is down there uh, one one forty eight p.m the next day <laughs> so how's life in the future uh yeah it's great <laughs> you'll catch up sooner or later <laughs> yeah well we'll never catch up to you unless we fly there true <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true Victoria, that's another one of the places I want to go. Yeah, good for you. It's not one of the places you want to make fun of? Oh. No, no, no. I like Australia. Oh, I explained okay. to a guy one time that uh, we, we really love Australians because they're a whole lot like Texans. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, won't, I won't make the, the traditional criminal joke, I guess. Um, oh. <laughs> Oh, that's what well, you got dog the bounty hunter, but we kind of leave him out of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah. so obviously we've moved into our uh, open discussion area. So uh, while we have a few minutes, and we have several people in the in the hangout here, which is fantastic. Thank you for all of you for for joining us tonight. Uh, nice to have some listeners in the the chat and not have to like completely talk about ourselves but that means that if we're not going to talk about ourselves you all have to figure out something to talk about so is there anything that you want to talk about um whether it's about the show or linux or open source or your your pets or whatever uh feel free to say something <laughs> so and don't all speak at once i think i swallowed a bug well congratulations yeah fantastic <laughs> the important part that's better than swallowing a paddle yeah don go ahead well, for Richard, is how big was the bug? Because he lives in Texas, everything's important. bigger there. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> everything. Just, just have Brenda hit you on the back; it'll come out. No, 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 no. It's nutritious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more protein. Exactly. All right, so let's take a quick rundown. We can start with this. So, um, so are all of you? I'm gonna. I'm addressing Steve, Don, Don, and David. Um, using Linux in your ham shack. Uh, I try. <laughs> uh, now, that being said, I use Linux, Unix every day in my job. So, okay. Um, so he, I have he a kind long of gets history a, with yeah. Linux. I actually started with Linux Red Hat version 3 um, long but, ago and far away. And if follows along with it like i say i kind of feel like a trader not running it all the time is my primary workstation but that's that's where i kind of ended up but that's where i started out as well red hat 3.3 that was my first distribution so actually if we go back who remembers coherent it ran on a 286 and used memory mapping in order to get yeah, that was a long time ago. And then I actually ran E6 on a 386 for a long 386SX for a while. So my 386, I ran, uh, let's see, quarter decked and, uh, and DOS. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I ran I ran MS DOS six point two two and earlier versions uh, as old as uh, four something I think on my my eighty eighty six. So I had uh, I had an NEC uh, all in one with uh, you know monochrome Hercules graphics card and ten megabyte hard drive. So was it QEMM? Yeah, quarter deck extended memory yeah. manager, yeah. and I ran desk view as well. <laughs> uh, so everybody remembers um, Midnight Commander then, right? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I remember and driving over to, to Microsoft Miami. in the ham shack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we well, come back. To you know, I hate to say this, but Microsoft <laughs> did predate Linux, so we have to give them some credit, even though they ripped off CPM. Um, you know, there is that. <laughs> So, hey, I pretty much just I, used. Now, 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 I, I had my first packet rig set up on a Commodore sixty four. So you know, see, I never had a Commodore. My parents bought me a TRS eighty, so I I went the Radio Shack route, not the not the Commodore route. Right, and yeah. I had an Apple two. That's kind of how I ended up in the Mac world. <laughs> well, see, there you go. We ran a hell of a bulletin board on on uh, Commodore sixty fours also. How did this do resolve into how bunch of how bunch of old farts we are? I'm not sure. Where. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I asked. We'll be talking about the... <laughs> so I asked the question about Linux in the ham shack, and uh, Don KC9ZMY said he tries, and I didn't hear from anyone else. So uh, let's go with Dave. What about you? Uh, Dave's coming back from a 27-year absence in uh, on the air, so um, I'm just kind of getting back into it. Um, Got to get my radios working and everything else. So. All right, very That's good. So, so I hope you're not listening to us for any kind of actual information. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah. This is this is uh, gospel, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, uh, yeah. what about Don, the other Don, KB2YSI? I pretty much just use whatever I've got available. Um, I've got a, I've for the longest time I was trying to uh, standardize on a Raspberry Pi, and then uh, through various things that uh, Raspberry Pi one not very good as a desktop, as anybody that's ever tried using one as such has uh, realized. So once I get a, uh, a an actual shot computer set up, it will be uh, Linux for sure. Cool. Find some church run garage sales. Or go to Goodwill. <laughs> yeah, it's no, I'm, more I'm, about I'm living in an you. apartment and not having the space to set up multiple multiple computers um, type of thing. Yeah, I understood. I was telling Russ the other day that I picked one up at a garage sale for $25. It wasn't a year or two old. Got it home, and when you fired it up, it, it beeped. And us old farts know when it beeps like the beeps actually mean something. So I started uh, taking uh, RAM sticks out and putting them back in and stuff and found out that it just had a, a bad stick of memory. I stuck another stick of memory in it and got it running right now. Well, there you go. 25 bucks. And you have a working laptop. Well, you said it was a laptop, so yeah. No, it was a desktop. It oh, it was a desktop. Raspberry Pi 1. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, hey, somebody's got a great cocktail, it sounds like. Oh, that's me. Sorry. Oh, uh, no, you're fine. I'm enjoying my uh, rum and coke. <laughs> ah, rum and coke. I've I've been enjoying Long Island iced teas. So let's move on to Steve KD Zero IJP Linux in the ham shack. Yes, no, maybe. 
Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, pretty much exclusively. Um, I've been using uh, Zubuntu for workstation-type computers now for about a year. Um, talking about the uh, our history, though, I, I was a Slackware user uh, back in the day, and actually I still am as far as a lot of servers go. But um, on workstations, I've kind of kind of got to like the Zubuntu. I like the XFCE desktop, so... Um, so yeah, I'm pretty much exclusively Linux uh, across the board. Oh, very good, Zubuntu. So have you met the other guy? Is it really that? <laughs> is it really that uh, small a community? I don't know. I, I, uh, I mean, I just I really like XFCE. Just uh, well, I learned to use it on Slackware because that's what it ships with, and um, it's just lightweight, simple, does everything I want. So, um, so that's what I choose. Yeah, I, obviously. Uh being facetious there but yeah i mean it's a it's a fairly small community i i tried zubuntu once i'm not really a fan of the xfc desktop i i've said on this program many times i really enjoy the eye candy i understand the purpose of xfce but honestly if i want something that is a little bit lighter weight i'm probably going to go with uh, lxde which kind of gives you a little more but is still you know pretty small and efficient uh, yeah actually i haven't tried that one yet that's uh, probably something i should do um it's just I'm I'm not one of those that likes to distro hop a lot and try a lot of different things. I like to find something I like and then just use it because that's just how I am. So uh, I haven't, you know, tried all of those. Uh, very good. So you and Bill have nothing in common. Uh, well, not that, at least. <laughs> I'll try anything at least once. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, anybody else, anything else they want to bring up? Tell us like how, how much they hate the show, like the show, uh, topics they would like a you know answer to question maybe something we can answer hopefully um you know just just jump in i've been listening to it for ages and uh i find it very entertaining don't don't change too much uh i don't think we're going to change too much because it's kind of a function of who we are as much as uh, the information we present so uh ultimately it will be all kind of the same i just i think there are a few things that could be uh tightened up maybe and you know um maybe we could spend a little time talking about real content you know for at least a minute or two uh stuff like that but yeah yeah we tend to tend to throw the show together in the last minute so uh hopefully we can uh work that out <laughs> dude it's been that way since episode one <laughs> no, I, yeah it's I, like uh, i see uh russ and me both on like monday mornings you know going you know, feverishly through the uh, empty uh, Etherpad note, <laughs> putting stuff in. <laughs> Russ can tell you we put them together as late as thirty minutes before the show. That oh, yeah. thirty C- minutes certainly has not Three changed. Minutes no, it hasn't times. changed. <laughs> yeah, certainly, uh, I, I think I've been putting stuff in the chat room like thirty minutes after the show started. So. <laughs> hey, Cheryl just finished her recipes. Oh, like that's right. Your recipe ago. corner. Your recipes just showed up in there. Didn't yeah, they, they just right. showed up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> oh, that's actually before recording starts or 30 minutes before the show was supposed to start. Oh, that's a oh, burn right there. Oh. Right? A, but, but well deserved. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> that's well, Russ and I designed Russ and I designed this show to be a model of efficiency. So <laughs> take that for what it's worth. I think you're missing a I think you were missing a, a, a prefix there. It's a model of inefficiency. I, it's efficient on the inside. It's efficient on the outside. It's yeah. 
All right, so so while we have a few people here who can actually answer this question directly, Cheryl is always going on about the fact that she thinks no one gives a crap about the recipe corner, and I keep telling her that's not actually the case. So now that there are four people here who can actually say yay or no, um, and feel free to be honest about this because you really want some good feedback. So, Dave, since you're, like, first in the list over on the left-hand side and we read left to right, um, do you actually enjoy the recipe corner? Do you even listen to it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do enjoy it because uh, you come up with some very interesting things that I'd like to try one day. Okay. All right. And one thing we're going to do on this show, because we have an Australian in the chat room, and I've always wanted to do it apart from that, is try a Vegemite sandwich. We have to do it. We're going to have to go to Australia. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, I've I've heard. I have several friends in Australia. They've all said, "Oh my God, it's disgusting. Why would you want to do that?" <laughs> well, I was yeah, when I, I was a people, people use far too much of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, they think, they yeah. think it's like jam or something. You got to lay it on. It's better. Yeah, it's gonna be real thin, real, real thin, thin layer. I remember having it like super thin on toast uh, when I was in uh, New Zealand back in the nineties. And I guess some yeah. some yeah. folks use uh, Marmite instead of Vegemite, and apparently that's a little more palatable. Yay, Marmite! <laughs> 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 it's a vote of confidence there. Yeah. <laughs> that's my preferred um, poison. Oh, okay. So there we go. We got some <laughs> feedback on that. All right. So, uh, Don, uh, New York Don, uh, what about the recipe corner? <laughs> I'm always hungry after Cheryl does <laughs> her recipe. Okay. Like rereading Game of Thrones, which you've, I, I'm not a wine drinker, but every time I got done with those books, I'm like, all I want is a bottle of red wine. And then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't drink wine at all, so I'm like, I don't know why I want that because it's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big wine, a white wine or red, red wine. Drinker. Wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like yeah. The, we like it's, the whites. So. Well, you know, white wine is just not ready yet to be real wine. Oh, oh god, you nice. stupid wine drinkers! You, you can, can all go to age it a little longer and it turns <laughs> red, which is proper to drink. No, no, <laughs> far no. too much whining going on around. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Well, that's kind true, of, too. It's kind of like drinking uh, Budweiser and calling that beer. Oh, that's no, very uh, true. Well, that I will agree with. So, <laughs> Yeah, American lagers can suck it. All right, so uh, other Don, uh, thoughts on the recipe corner? Of course. We love the recipe corner. <laughs> See? Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always something, to, something else to explore. Well, I'm trying to figure out how to use Linux in the ham shack. <laughs> it always seems like I'm in the kitchen when I'm listening to this show. Right? Uh, very good. It's too bad we don't have Cleewick in here. He could say he was washing dishes. Oh, that's true. Well, that's yeah. me. Huh? Oh, that's him. Yeah, that's yeah. Don. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. Uh, was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. You get confused on that. Well, you, yeah, you stay confused on that. Do I? Which? Wait. Yes. Yes. I thought that was KE5WMA, or is that? No. 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 Okay. You know, he likes to change his name sometimes. See, okay. that, that's the um, the nick I've had for like 25 years on IRC, and it's the one that's registered with Freenode. Oh, okay. So are so you going to tell us when, where it came from? Where it came from? Yeah. It's a Haida Indian word that was uh, – there was a Canadian painter, Emily Carr, and they called her that, which meant laughing one. All right. So, so are you the laughing one? 
I don't know. I just thought it was a cool <laughs> set of characters that nobody else had in the old IRC days, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of like back when uh, you know Twitter Twitter handles were rare, right? You know, <laughs> you had a, right. so many people were on IRC. You really had to try to find a name that was uh, unique enough that you could be sort of semi anonymous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I've I know I'm for ages. <laughs> I'm personally waiting to make the uh, the Mexican casserole dish you mentioned uh, several episodes ago. I I really want to do that. <laughs> so uh, why haven't you done it yet? Uh, I just haven't done it. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm such a bad, uh, you know, I like cooking. I like cooking, but I end up cooking the same thing over and over again. Just <laughs> <laughs> because it's easy, forever. right? I got real yeah. close on that one. I kept my mouth shut. <laughs> I do the same thing. It's called pizza. I just uh, yeah. unwrap it. I throw it in the oven, and it's it's all done. And sometimes you put pepperoni on. And it, sometimes, sometimes I add don't. add yeah. a little pepperoni, and sometimes I add some uh, gouda to it too, because you know gouda is really good on pizza. So whatever. So maybe I should start doing my my recipes via YouTube again. Well, yeah, you may you might be able to do, or you might should do that. Well, geez, screw that. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we have one more. We have one more opinion to get, and that's Steve KD Zero IGP. I like the recipe corner just fine. My only problem is that uh, I I usually listen to the podcasts in the car, so I'm not looking at the show notes, and I don't remember to go back to the show notes to actually <laughs> find the recipe. But uh, but some of them sound like something I'd really like to try. I just haven't done it yet. Cool. All right, so there you go. That's four yays. All right, whatever. <laughs> so I have a question. Okay, why's the blue guy not have no neck? Uh, he doesn't need a neck. He he's just a, a, <laughs> an amorphous blue blob. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to change that, but I can't figure out how to do it. So it's in I, your Google profile. Well, I I have a picture in my Google profile, but it doesn't show up here, so I don't know what that's about. Mm, that's probably too explicit. You, you can just be blue guy. Right. You're, just, you're part of the blue man group, so you should consider yourself lucky. Well, this is like the first time I've ever like used Google, so you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we're it trying just to hasn't propagated yet, right? We're trying to avoid that whole issue in the future, uh, and I'm I'm really hoping to start using Mumble uh, to record the show because I I'd, I'd be happier if we could do it that way. You have a couple of months to figure it out. Yeah, I know. I got Mumble installed He's everywhere. Been trying to get Mumble working for years. Years, now. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know. You you remember us saying not very long ago, like in the last ten minutes, about how we prep the show thirty minutes before it happens, right? So <laughs> that, that's yeah, why I think the last few times we tried Mumble, I, I I hear myself back instead of hearing everything that's supposed to be coming to me. <laughs> Yeah, the the echo cancellation is the big problem with Mumble, but we'll we'll figure something out. We'll work it out. But anyway, so uh, does anybody have anything they would like to say as far as the program, uh, constructively, hopefully, (laughs) that you would like to see or like to not see going forward? Dancing girls. (laughs) You don't even listen to the show, Richard. I would watch it more often if there were dancing girls. Well, if you're watching the show, you've got some real issues. I'm sitting here watching this gray ring bounce around your head right now. What, what are you talking about? We already I'm, knew Richard had issues. Well, I'm watching the gray ring bounce around your head, too. So. Well, there you go. It's like a halo. We're saintly. I love when you put people on the spot. They don't want to say anything. It's like, no, the show's great. Which <laughs> takes us back to the undocumented casserole. Hey, this is the only podcast that doesn't put me to sleep. 
Yeah, you're still awake. Ah, yeah, I'm still here, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when he says that because I got two horses in this race, two. Well, Even though there hadn't been new episodes on the other one in a while. Yeah, I mean, RF hasn't had a new episode in, what, four years now? Eh, it might have been that long, but I don't think so. Maybe three years, two years. Yeah, you realize you could record one the, the way we're recording this now. You could you could just, you know, talk into your phone, and you could have an episode. You don't have to do all the fancy gadgetry. No, all I got to do is whoop out my Sansa clips. <laughs> whoop out my Sansa clips. <laughs> Stick one in my pocket, and while I'm out there sweeping the warehouse, just start talking. That's how RRA happened. Yeah, and you only did what nine of those or something? A few of them. I was unable to keep it keep up with it. I didn't have to edit them or anything. I just go home and take take them off the Sansa clip and upload them to the server and write something semi intelligible on the on the blog. <laughs> right. Well. Um... If anybody doesn't actually know this, um, and I said this at the beginning of the show, and Richard doesn't like the fact that I said founded for some reason or found, but uh, you know, Richard Rich, Richard is the whole reason that Linux and the Ham Shack exists because he was doing the Resonant Frequency podcast back in the day, two thousand and eight, um, and he put out a call for a co-host because he wanted to do a different program, and I'm not sure why I said yes, but I did. <laughs> yeah, that's and, where we uh, are now. and now we're 200 episodes in so <laughs> uh it so, took six months of negotiation to get that first episode out that's true <laughs> yeah that's about right yeah but anyway richard is the brainchild of this whole thing even though he hasn't been with us for 100 episodes um but yeah and if you haven't gone back before uh well no it has been that well you were on you were on one sort of in the in the middle there somewhere but uh officially you left at episode 100 uh so yeah if you haven't listened to anything before episode 101 uh you should definitely go check it out then you'll hear you hear all the bad things that richard used to say about like you know other people (laughs) (laughs) undocumented casseroles we're in that time of year russ i'll tell you right now we're in that time of year right dead square between the molting of the gators and the uh, semi-seasonal hobo migration. Oh, the hobos! That's right. I remember <laughs> them. Yeah, I think we have an episode called "The Great Hobo Migration." Something like uh, that. Some, yeah. some, somewhere along those lines, you should go look that and one. And anybody that's not clear of the uh, gator molding molting season, that's when the tread starts coming off all the uh, the big trucks. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what they call them in Australia. My boss calls them lorries. <laughs> in australia they have road trains uh that could be it too well they do I, indeed but they're just trucks with truck behind them <laughs> well don't they aren't they like uh triples or something uh, uh yeah they can be but they're not that common these days they, they have a lot of things called b doubles now which are sort of joined together and they're permanently joined together almost so anyway they're pretty common oh okay well I learn something new every day <laughs> uh That's so right. So have you Dude, ever I really want to hear me offend the maximum amount of people? Y'all need to go listen to episode one through 100. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so have you ever traveled in a fried out combi? Head full of zombies. <laughs> Is that what they actually call that? A combi? A combi van. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a, you know, Volkswagen combi. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, I used to have one of those. We didn't call it that. <laughs> 
like a transporter. No, or something here, isn't it? <laughs> well, the transporter is the official name. We called it a microbus. Yeah, yeah. The original. No, no, no. The, the transporter is that thing they use on Star Trek. Exactly. Well, right. Yes. Yeah, the the old Volkswagen didn't have quite the technology of the transporter. <laughs> uh, no you could do a lot of amazing things in a microbus. Well, that's true. And mine ran on two cylinders and a squirrel. So, wow. <laughs> and a badger. And well, no. If I had a badger, I'd have had some real power. <laughs> I forget what those things go. I had the I had the one point seven liter that was like sixty three horsepower or something like that. Some some amazing. Uh, <laughs> All How right. did it get down the street? How did it get down the street? Actually, quite well. I scared a few people in that thing. You'd be surprised how hard they are to roll over, though. Uh, obviously, you tried it a couple. Well, times. I didn't try it on purpose, but I mean, you know, things happen. Nice. Trust me, the suspension is really good on them. Yeah, I they... tested quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There was so... a kid in college that managed to roll an like an Acura Integra in a mall parking lot. Oh, so if wow. you try hard enough, you can just do anything. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think Cheryl sure. sitting it's over doing that scale. hiccup laugh. She got what I said a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have that much of a desire to defy physics. So, um, all right. So no one has any comments on the program. That's fine. I can live with that. Anybody have anything else they want to discuss, at least briefly, before we move on to Cheryl's Recipe Corner and, and uh, figure out Dancing all... Dancing Girls. Yeah, I know you said the dancing girls. We'll we'll try and work that in. Did <laughs> Norman request uh, item the second item I listed earlier? Um, what pantyless women? That's it. Oh, okay. He's oh. a short fella. <laughs> okay, I was going to say something else, but you know what? I'm just not going to. Uh, well, get him to take pictures. Don't be mad. I I send them to you. <laughs> That's uh, okay. You have a wife. I have a longtime girlfriend. We'll just leave that alone. You do whatever you want to do. It's Nobody's okay. th- like window shopping. <laughs> I you suppose. ain't going to buy it. You just want to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about Norman or you? Both. Well, he, he, he's a bad influence on me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cheryl, do your recipe corner. <laughs> Why? So you can shut Richard up? Well, <laughs> so we can make everybody sell no undocumented food. All right. All right. <laughs> her, her Mexican food was, was legal. It was entirely documented. This is freaking me out because she looks like Russ. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just my, my, my other, my outside sultry voice. Oh, see, gotcha. aren't I good? I can even talk at the same time with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I need pictures. <laughs> I'll send the Norman around. Okay, you do that, and I'm tall too. He'll get good ones. All right, go come, on, come on, <laughs> quick, Girl, quick, go. <laughs> Save us. Save While us. We're not the, talking. The, okay, the, the train is still on the tracks, just barely. So, <laughs> okay, so everybody, shut up and let me do my part now. Okay. <laughs> and okay. now. Cheryl's Recipe Corner. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> that, so, you realize that's going to be the stinger from now on, right? <laughs> I guess. Whatever. <laughs> I saw that bitch. <laughs> May the badger be with you. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Now, this is the way the show used to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was in the chat room trying to keep everybody lined up, and I was herding chickens, and it wasn't working, and yeah, it just all went downhill. <laughs> so, anyway. So, this time for my recipe corner, I have picked apple recipes, and you get multiple recipes this time. Well, are you an apple fanboy? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not an apple fanboy, but you are. <laughs> see. So. <Okay. laughs> In multiple ways, you're an Apple fanboy. So anyway, um, in the U.S. in the fall, apples are the big thing. So I always am on the hunt for a new recipe. Uh, sometimes Russ likes my apple recipes. Usually he does not. But yeah, well, I don't care because these are recipes that I really like. So anyway, this time we're going to have three different recipes. The first one is for an apple caramel apple dump cake which uses apple pie filling, or if you want to substitute cherry or blueberry or whatever, feel free. Boxy yellow cake mix, two sticks of butter, uh, caramel ice cream sauce, cinnamon, which is optional, pecans, which are optional, and whipped cream, but you you just don't do whipped cream with apples. You do ice cream. So anyway, you mix uh, the pie filling and the caramel together, um, and cinnamon if you use it. Spread it in a 9 by 13 pan, pour the dry cake mix directly on top of that, and then top it with the melted butter and pecans, and bake it. And it is very, very tasty. Russ is not a big fan of dump cake. He just, he's not, not big on cobblers, not big on cakes. But now the other two items I picked, one he's mediocre on and the other one he likes. So the second recipe is for apple fritter, fried apple fritters. Which, for those that don't know, these are the ones that kind of look like hush puppies. Um, and it uses vegetable oil, flour, white sugar, baking powder, salt, milk, eggs, vegetable oil. Um, part of that's for frying and part of it's for the batter. Uh, apples and cinnamon sugar. Um, and you mix the dough together, um, or the batter together with the apples in it, uh, and drop it into the hot oil and then when they come out you sprinkle the cinnamon sugar on them and they're very tasty and the last recipe is for fried apple pies which Russ does like and it uses butter apples white sugar ground cinnamon vanilla salt and you need some vegetable oil frying these as well and there's two different ways you can do these you can either use canned biscuit dough or you can use pie dough pre-made pie dough works just fine um this one requires you to cook the apples together with sugar and cinnamon and vanilla and things of that nature. And then flatten your biscuit dough out and put some apples on it, crimp it together, and throw it in some hot oil and fry them. Still, they're really good. So Yeah, we have several restaurants here that do fried apple pies and fried other pies and other fruits, but I only eat apple, basically. So uh, it's, it's all very good, all <sighs> very heart attacky. And this is how you make fruit unhealthy, This all of these recipes, so... And you're all on board with that? Uh, more or less, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> sure, why <not? clears throat> Yeah, as I was eating fried bananas last night, so. Fried bananas, I don't know, just can't get into it. Like They're good. bananas foster fried bananas? No, we were at a Chinese buffet. Nah. And they just have, you know, they're, they were like lightly battered fried bananas, so. I don't know, you gotta have bananas foster. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I agree, bananas foster is the bomb have you not done yeah. a recipe with bananas foster i thought you might have maybe maybe in the distant past yeah, yeah. yeah. So. yeah i don't know i've lost my recipe list yeah, <clears> i have <throat> to keep bringing that up you really don't <laughs> yeah how's that ether pad restore going hey shut up 
Thank you, Bill. Hey, did you start recording this episode? I did. Oh shit! I was recording. I, I was just as soon as Bill said, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> recording twice over, as I do every episode now. So. Just in case. Yep. Just in case. So I record the stream and I record the episode locally. So, yep, not gonna lose it anymore. Not happening. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Can I point out that that happened like twice in the period of like three months? Yeah, you can shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, two separate podcasts. It's not like I enjoy recording the episodes twice. You know. Sometimes it happens. Yeah, well, the one, one of the first one that happened, we just never got around to re-recording it. Yeah, well, that was for a different show. Some someday we'll get back to that, I guess. Yeah, whatever. Oh boy, I didn't know it was going to be give me crap night, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was open topic, man. Well, well yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah anybody that's else wants to said. pile on, you go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about all the tools in the ham shack here. <laughs> that, that'd be the that'd be the three of us for sure. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> we lost Rich again somewhere along the way, so unfortunately, that's that's he kind said of he sick. had to go. Oh, he, he had to go. go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, well, that's too bad. Bye, Rich. And we never did hear from Pete, so we'll have to give him crap later. Have uh, fun with that. Huh? Have fun with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Well, I was hoping to have, uh, I was hoping it would be like the six doctors, you know, and we would have a big, big old reunion. But um, we, we did get most everybody. We got Rich. Um, we got Richard, who's still here. Maybe. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. He's uh, you know, smacking his uh, Android phone on the table right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna say he was spanking his monkey or something, but yeah, well, that too, right? you know. yeah. Well, at least his iPhone <laughs> is not floating in the pool in Dayton. Hey, shut up! What is this? <laughs> oh, hey? yeah. I was gonna mention that too. <laughs> Such an Apple fanboy, he just can't even let go of his phone even when he swims. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get an iPhone eight and screw all of you. Okay? <laughs> if you'd had my phone, you wouldn't have to have worried about yeah, it because mine's waterproof. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love I my Apple phone. <laughs> hey, it was I had a I had a warranty on it. It, it only cost me a ridiculous, uh, you know, uh, deposit to get it replaced. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, still cheaper than a phone. All right, yeah. so I'm going to talk about my, my uh, well, I was going to say it's scotch, but it's not a scotch, it's a whiskey. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about W.L. Weller's Special Reserve Straight Bourbon Whiskey, which I have in my glass here. And I bought this at a at an auction, actually, of all things. Um, and actually, my glass is kind of dry because <laughs> I've been drinking out of it. So here, let me add some more here. There we go. Uh, this is actually made by uh, the same distillery that creates Buffalo Trace. So if you're familiar with uh, Sazerac and Buffalo Trace, it all comes from the same company. Uh, this is a what they call a wheated whiskey. So it's a it's a straight bourbon whiskey, which means it has to be 50% or more uh, corn. But then you can kind of do what you want with it after that. But it has to be at least 90 proof. This is 90 proof. Uh, they say it's aged as long as uh, nine years, I want to say, for this particular special reserve. Um, but uh, I don't know for sure on that. So uh, it, it doesn't have to be aged that long, but it does have to be aged in single white oak uh, barrels. 
uh, which this is. So um, I just uh, popped the uh, lid over here, and I poured it into my glass, and I sniffed it. And, you know, predominantly uh, you get uh, caramel on the nose um, and a pretty good uh, alcohol hit, uh, being that it's 90 proof. It's not uh, super strong. It's not like Booker's or anything that's, you know, on the order of 130 proof or something like that, but it's still pretty strong. Uh, but you get caramel, you get apple, uh, you get a little bit of honey, and maybe even a little bit of pear, uh, vanilla, and of course uh, the the oak from uh, the oak char in the barrel aging. Uh, the color on this is a nice uh, burnt orange color. It's literally the color of like a darkened uh, orange zest uh, after a little bit of toasting, which is kind of nice. Uh, the taste on it is uh, pretty, oh, I would say uncomplicated uh, to be nice. It's uh, basically you get uh, wheat forward taste out of it, uh, a little bit of vanilla and a little bit of caramel, and maybe some uh, subtle hints of dried fruit, like dried pear. Uh, but there's really not a whole lot to it. Uh, the initial taste and the initial nose are a little bit strong. Uh, the taste is pretty pretty smooth initially, uh, but the finish is long, and it's got a bit of a burn to it, too. It's not very subtle uh, on the throat. So, uh if you like a little bit of burn and you like a little bit of wheat flavor, uh, you'll really enjoy this. Uh, not super subtle and not uh, super interesting, but uh, not a bad little uh, bourbon. And it's pretty cheap. It runs, you know, 23 to $25 for a fifth. Uh, so you, you could do a lot worse. Uh, so for a cheap, you know, not very complicated bourbon, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I've been enjoying this bottle. I think it's about half empty now. And I would give it a rating on the 100-point scale right around an 85. So um, not not too great, not too bad. Um, and you could spend a lot more for a lot worse. So there you go. That's uh, W.L. Weller's Special Reserve Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, and you can pretty much find it anywhere. So uh, you know, have at it. So, Bill, you want to talk about your uh, cigar or what? Well, I already finished it because <laughs> you were like so long-winded. Oh, about this <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheryl no, does. Cheryl does three of Brasilia, and uh, it was a uh, about a fifty-four gauge, uh, about five and a half inches in length, and it was delicious, like almost everything from Cao. And uh, yeah, I uh, I don't really uh, care too much about notes and stuff like that. If it tastes good, I smoke <laughs> it. <laughs> you guys are really starting to weird me out. Sorry. <laughs> like I said, I bought a CAO Flathead 660 the other day, and I haven't smoked it yet, so that's probably oh, those tomorrow. Those are good. Those are good. I have, I've I've had those before. The Flatheads are really good. I have some. Um, oh, I have the uh, the ones with the mixed wrappers. Um, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, mixed leaf yeah. wrapper. Yeah, yeah. I have a bunch of those upstairs. I just bought a box of those, so that's up there. And I finished my box of MX2s already. And I'm into my uh, my freebies, and I have uh, several more here on the table to smoke, but I'm not going to do any more tonight. <laughs> <laughs> which one of them is an MX2? Which if if you're if you like cigars, MX2 CAO, I it's one of my favorite favorite smokes. It's it's really a pleasurable smoke. All right, very good. So, anything anybody else wants to bring up before we move on to the social media roundup and close out episode number 200? It's been a lot of fun. Um, I see that there are still several people in the chat room. We had Ted in there uh, who didn't join the chat. Uh, KF6ROG, I don't know if they're listening. Uh, several other people, W1PY, SM0RUX. 
uh, and of course the folks that are actually in here with us in the hangout. So um, anybody else have anything they want to bring up before we close out? Uh, we're open to all topics and all criticism. I had yes, I just really relevant. To I forgot. Say... Oh, go ahead, Rich. No, I was just said I had something that was really relevant and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> That's old age, Rich. Yeah. So, sounds like uh, the program in a nutshell. So <laughs> you just me a nut. <laughs> yep, yep, that's right. Go ahead, Don. Oh, I, hey, I just want to say thank you guys for all the work that you all put in, and uh, really appreciate it. Got a lot of good information, and uh, you know, looking forward to when you come back. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. And we're looking forward to uh, trying to make the show a little bit better and coming back uh, in early January of 2018 with some new stuff for everybody. But I think, uh, I, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but I'll speak for myself and say that I'm really burned out right now. And I really need, you know, this time to kind of uh, get my head in the right place and come back to it with a with a renewed vigor. So that, that's where I'm uh, coming at there, the hiatus from so I, I like i said i'm not gonna speak for anybody else but yeah i'm gonna take this time off and uh and rejuvenate that that's my uh purpose and and learn jack that too <laughs> and recover our ether bed and, and that too yeah <laughs> <You> can... <laughs> all right anybody else want to jump in before we uh wrap her up put a nice little bow I on remember it. what it was now oh what was it i have a tech tip tech tip for all you android phone users if you find yourself locked out of, uh, what the hell is this? Google Hangouts, Google Hangouts, while you're in the middle of recording a podcast, use the following steps. Attach the air hammer to the air compressor. Put on the safety goggles. Oh, never mind. I'll just write an article and post it over it already. <laughs> Go ahead, y'all. All right. All right. So we heard from, we heard from one, Don. Uh, anything, anything from you, uh, Steve? Oh, I'll just uh, second what Don said. Um, it's one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, wish you guys a good vacation and look forward to com- you coming back. All right. We look forward to it as well, and we appreciate everybody who listens, uh, like you, Steve, and like Don, uh, and other Don and Dave, because uh, if nobody was listening to it, we sure as hell wouldn't be doing it. So, uh, KB2YSI, any uh, final comments or thoughts? Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, the episodes released by the other guys um as uh um rich right said uh, he's doing the bsd stuff it coming from a, a new person right that view is uh more common than i think most people realize um so it'd be interesting to see that one and see bill's uh building up the shack computer um maybe it's just because it's all the things that i'm looking forward to doing in the near future myself so have a great uh rest of 2017 and see you next year cool thank you very much yeah thank you we appreciate that and uh finally the last person to join we'll uh, go to him last uh dave and i've already forgot to call simon victor or something <laughs> bk3 <laughs> dave, not here man i'm sorry i didn't hear that dave's not here oh dave's not here no no i'm dave <laughs> yeah. yeah classic cheese and chong here, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right so so dave doesn't want to comment or or is dave really here uh, no, dave's, happy. Dave's, dave's looking forward to you coming back dave really enjoys your show um it's you mentioned a couple of episodes back about um 
not assuming everybody knows um, sort of all the basic things and maybe revisiting them. I think that's a really great idea from someone who's coming back to things that would really help. Yeah, I think we uh, definitely need to go back to basics more than we have. I mean, over 200 episodes, you cover a lot of ground, and, and the the initial steps definitely get lost in the history of things. And I and I really do. I don't want to say we're going to, like, start over from square one, but we definitely need to address some basic topics uh, going forward and try and build a better foundation for wherever we go uh, past that. So, yeah. Absolutely. That would help the person Go ahead, Dave. Dave's not here, man. Boy, I just cleared <laughs> everybody out. Wow. Step one, attach the microphone to the radio. <laughs> yeah. Step one, <laughs> according to Carl Sagan's step. Yeah. I do have one more thing to say, though. Uh, well, let's let Don finish his thought, then you can finish yours. Okay, Don, finish. I'm sorry. I was talking <laughs> over you. I couldn't hear you. If you uh, go back in the episode and or episodes and see or remember the dial out tip that you guys gave, I don't even know how many times I've literally used that this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to use it every time. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I, I couldn't it's get the stupid. duty to work. It wasn't dial out, but it was something very similar. Yeah, yeah. The group permissions are somewhat obnoxious for desktop usage, and that's one of the many little things in Linux that still continue to frustrate uh, most users. And, and also remember that if you're using a Red Hat-based distribution, the, the corollary to the dial-out problem, which is to immediately disable SE Linux, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that will cause way more problems than, than the dial-out group. I avoid red hate every time. I <laughs> and I always type it that way, even if I don't mean to. Yeah. Yep. We had some really good success with uh, Fedora 25. So uh, it's, it's not, it's not, not too bad, you know, at least in the Fedora line. We, uh, we do CentOS if we have to, uh, Red Hat if we're forced to. Right. So Richard, yeah. since you're the last Richard here and since Dave's not here, um, do you, uh, you want to comment on the on the show itself? Or are you uh, okay with its direction, even though you probably haven't listened to it for two years? <laughs> Richard's not here, man. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Actually, I was going to go all girly and stuff. I was going to say that, you know, this show is like one of my children. We had RF, RA that didn't last long, Linux and Hamshack. And quite honestly, after 200 episodes, I am really proud to have been a part of it and to see that it's in such capable hands moving forward in the future. Uh, you guys will find the right path. I mean, uh, you've been on the right path so far, so just keep plugging along and I'll, I'll, I'll be around from time to time. All right. Well, that's good to know. We'd, we'd love to have you that pop in anytime you choose. Yes, you're saying that maybe he should be around more often. From the original old badger. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely are the reason for the badger, but if nothing else. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, is this when I say uh, shit or something else so you can stick it in there? No, nope, I, I said it. I said up front yeah, this unedited. episode is unedited, so it's that staying. Oh, well, let me use the other word. <laughs> <laughs> It can done graduate that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dancing girls. Dancing girls. Yeah, yes. we got it. It's on the list. <laughs> All right. So thanks everybody who's uh, who's listened tonight, who's contributed in the chat room and who joined us here in the Google Hangout. It's it's been a lot of fun. 
but and so we don't make this a two-hour episode, we probably need to kind of move along, and uh, we'll let Cheryl wrap up with a social media roundup. All righty then. So for this final episode of 2017, our subscriptions are Johnny Kenzie, Stephen Harp, Robert Pitts, John Clark, Dylan Engel, Bill Piotr, Charlie Brown, Donald Gover, Jeremy Hall, Brian Smith, Ronald Ike, Darren King, John Fotchke, Michael Jacobs, Todd Bowers, Paul Griffith, Jonas Rulo, Christopher Weaver, Doug Redder, Michael Connolly, Robert Doherty, Alan Wilson, Kevin Murray, Stephen Sainer, Mike Aiello, Robert Halliday, Robert Yerke, James Blocker, Wayne Carpenter, and Thor Wiegman. There was no joiners on Facebook this week, which is interesting. Usually we have at least three or four. Nobody joined us on Google+. And on Twitter, we had Derek Audette, Noxious Frog, KB, uh, KB1HAR, and The Real Johnny F. Nobody joined us on YouTube. On the mailing list, Steve, KA7HBT, joined us. And there were no merchandise sales this week. All right, so that's it. That's the social media roundup. And Richard, I know you haven't really been listening to the show lately. Um, oh, and I see that Jonas Rulo is in the chat room. He, what did he just say? Maybe some add some stories from listeners about how they assisted in rescue efforts at major events around the country. Well, that would be uh, cool. Yep. So we can definitely pencil that I'd in like as well. I'd like to hear some stuff about Houston. Oh, I'm sure yeah. there's, yeah, there's probably plenty about Houston. Houston and, and the Bahamas and everywhere else, Florida, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So maybe even stuff from Las Vegas in last fact, night. Uh, in fact, that's the most wonderful thing of all. I'm up here in the Dallas area, and I got a cousin that lives just north of Houston in the woodlands, and they were trapped in their neighborhood and could not get out. Uh, they were above water, and I giggled and everything else. And when I talked to him directly, I'm going to tell him he needs to move back to Arlington where he belongs. But that's irrelevant to <laughs> this particular show, so we should probably move on. Yeah, well, Richard, I want you to be prepared for the for the end of this show because, um, and, I, and I'm not sure that you know because you don't really listen, you know, to the show, but at the end of the outro, we always play a quote from you um, to keep you as part of the show. We play things like this. Well, except I had the volume turned down. We play things like this. More fun shooting guns in the house. Or we play things like go. this. You don't have to be mentally deficient to do this job, but it sure helps. So, <laughs> so <laughs> what I'm what I'm expecting out of you is when the when the intro fade or the outro fades out, that we're going to have some new exciting quote from Richard. So think of something quick. I was just quick. sitting here thinking that the only thing I'm going to be able to do is uh, say something like, insert witty saying here. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. If, that, if that's what you come up with, then we'll go with that. So, <laughs> ah. All right. So I'm going to play the outro music, and then we're going to figure out what Richard comes up with. <laughs> so uh, here we go. Uh, you can become an LHS ambassador. Visit the website for upcoming events and information on how you can represent Linux in the Ham Shack at a nearby Linux con or ham fest. We love feedback. You can email us at info at lhspodcast.info, comment on an episode on the website, post on Google+, Facebook, or Twitter, or leave a voicemail at 1909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1909-547-7469. Visit our IRC channel, Octothorpe LHS Podcast on the Free Node Network, and subscribe to our mailing list. Show merchandise from coffee mugs to t-shirts to wall clocks and lots of other stuff 
can be purchased at www.cafepress.com stroke LHS podcast. You can also help the show by clicking on the sponsored ads in the right-hand column of the homepage. You can listen to us live every other Monday night at 8 o'clock Central Time, but not until January of 2018 after this one. Uh, we will have some fill-in stuff, so stay tuned for that, and information will be on the website on when you can listen and when that will be put out. Uh, the next schedule episodes will be listed on the website whenever they happen, and that website is lhspodcast.info for everything you ever wanted to know about the show. So we want to thank all of our listeners live and quasi-live, past, present, and future. And to everyone who's given their time, ears, shares, and their funds for the show, we appreciate each and every one of you. It's why we do this thing. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 200 of Linux in the Ham Shack. And thank you especially to Don, Don, Dave, and to Steve uh, for participating in the live hangout. And also for Rich, KD0RG, for Richard, KB5JBV, for Bill, NE4RD, for Cheryl, W5MOO, and for me, Russ, K5TUX, uh, for putting this one together. We thank everybody, and we hope to see you in three months' time when we come back from our uh, little bit of vacation. So this has been episode 200 of Linux in the Ham Shack. Thanks once again. We can't thank you all enough. And we'll talk to you all not too long from now. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. I normally enjoy hanging out with a bunch of boobies, but damn. Wait a minute, there's my pen.